The king of birds, Garuda, a legendary bird-like creature, is well known for being the vehicle mount of Lord Vishnu and the enemy of the Nagas. With powers that equal the king of gods, Indra, he is undoubtedly one of the most fascinating characters in Indian mythology. In the Mahabharata, Garuda is described as a shape-shifting, giant, eagle-like bird with wide-spanning, powerful wings. He has an ability to travel to any place at the speed of thought and is described as loyal, intelligent, brave and righteous. In his bird form, Garuda is depicted as a giant, tremendously powerful bird with a brilliance similar to that of the sun. When Garuda shapeshifts to his part-human form, he is depicted as having eagle-like features with a large beak and wings, a human torso and limbs. Garuda's birth was blessed by the gods and great men. And this is the story of Garuda's origin. Namaste, hello and welcome. I'm your storyteller Nivi and you're listening to Stories of India Retold. For humankind, stories were and remain the most extraordinary tool available to influence and connect with each other. Author Suman Kidd said, Stories have to be told or they die, and when they die, we can't remember who we are or why we are here. The stories of India have been passed down generations, some for thousands of years. They provide a window into who we are as a people. Join me in a retelling of these popular stories in a fun, simplified and less confusing way. Here you may find stories about men and gods, mortals and immortals, flying chariots, otherworldly shape-shifting dragon-like serpents or just ordinary people achieving extraordinary feats. To tell the story of the origin of Garuda, we have to start from Lord Brahma. It is said that Lord Brahma created children who originated from his mind. These children were referred to as Manasaputras or sons of the mind. These children grew up to be Prajapatis or Lord of Creatures. They are the creators of different creatures of this world. Prajapati Daksha was one of Brahma's Manasaputra. He was a powerful divine king. He had 60 daughters with his wife, Prasuti. They were all married to different deities. Sage Kashyapa was son of Sage Marichi, who was a Manasaputra of Brahma. Some books actually say that Kashyapa himself was a Manasaputra of Brahma. Sage Kashyapa was married to 13 of Daksha's daughters. He wished to have sons, so he arranged for a sacrifice to be held accordingly. Many powerful people, gods, rishis and Gandharvas, attended the sacrifice. They even helped Sage Kashyapa to prepare for the auspicious event. The god of gods, Lord Indra himself, was present for the occasion. In the midst of the preparations, Kashyapa asked Indra to help him by bringing some firewood for the sacrifice. A few other gods and sages accompanied Indra in this task, and they all went to the forest to collect the wood. Indra chose a huge piece of wood, 
and he hefted it easily over his strong shoulders and carried it back to the sacrifice venue like it weighed nothing. Amongst the sages who had accompanied Indra to collect the firewood were the Valakilya sages. Valakilya sages were extremely small in size. It is said they were as big as the joints of the thumb. But they were very powerful and they were ascetics known for their rigorous forms of self-denial. A group of Valakilya sages together carried a single leaf from the Palasha tree. On their way back to the sacrifice venue, there was a muddy, water-filled hoof print of a cow and the sages got stuck in that hoof print. When the mighty Indra saw the scene in front of him, he laughed at the sages. He stepped over them to pass them and then he continued on his path. The Valakilya sages were angry and insulted by Indra's disrespectful behavior and they decided to undertake their own sacrifice. Indra was generally known as being arrogant and boastful about his prowess and power. He reveled in his uniqueness. The Valakilya sages decided to hit him where it would hurt the most. In the sacrifice, the sages declared that there will be another Indra, another god of gods, who will have powers similar to that of the present king of gods, that is Indra. And to add to the insult, the sages said that this new Indra-like king would inspire fear in Indra himself. When Indra learned about this sacrifice, he was beside himself with worry. He consulted with Kashyapa, who in turn spoke to the Valakilya sages. The sages confirmed that they did in fact say that there would be another Indra. Kashyapa convinced them that it was not a good idea. He reasoned with them that since Brahma made the present Indra, creating a new Indra would be akin to going against Brahma's words. Kashyapa didn't want to risk causing offense to the sages by making them retract their words. So he suggested to the sages to make their prophesied other Indra be born as a bird. Kashyapa saved the day. Pleased with Kashyapa's wisdom and the way he handled the difficult situation, the Valakilya sages told him that the powerful child that they prophesied would be born to Kashyapa himself and they blessed him with the promise of sons with extraordinary powers. They told Kashyapa to handle the gift as he saw best since they trusted him to manage it wisely. Kashyapa was delighted with the gift bestowed upon him by the Valakilya sages. He received this gift around the time when his wife Vinata, who was Taksha's daughter, expressed a wish to have sons. Kashyapa told Vinata that she would have her boon and would be blessed with two sons, who would be born as birds and would be blessed with great powers and abilities. It was not only Vinata to whom Kashyapa had granted a boon. He had also granted one to his wife Kadru, who was also Daksha's daughter and Vinata's sister. Kadru and Vinata were competitive and often tried to outdo each other. Kadru asked Kashyapa for thousand Naga sons and she wanted all of her thousand sons to be equally powerful. Nagas were semi-divine serpents 
So Vinata in turn asked for two sons and she wished for them to be stronger and more powerful than Khadru's sons. Kashyapa gave them both embryos for the children they wanted. Khadru got thousand embryos which carried her Naga sons. Kashyapa gave Vinata two embryos and told her that she would have bird sons, one of whom would be the Indra of the birds with powers similar to that of Indra's. Both Khadru and Vinata were thrilled about the impending birth of their children. They incubated the eggs by placing them separately in steaming vessels. After waiting for 500 years, Khadru's eggs hatched and the Naga children were finally born. An anxious and impatient Vinata was still waiting for her son's birth. She began to worry about her eggs and wondered why Khadru's children were born but hers were not. Foolishly, she cracked open one of her eggs to look inside. To her horror, she realized that she had forced open the egg prematurely and only the upper half of the baby bird was completely formed. Vinata's half-formed son was enraged by his mother's unwise decision. He scolded her for acting unwisely because of jealousy and impatience. He revealed to her that as a punishment for what she had done to him, she would be enslaved for a period of 500 years by the very person she was looking to compete with. He also warned her that she had better take good care of her remaining egg and wait patiently for 500 more years for the birth of her son, because only he can free her from her slavery. With these words, he flew into the sky where he lived as the sun's charioteer. He is called Aruna and can be seen as the red sky every dawn. 500 more years passed. A repentant Vinata forced herself to be patient and left her remaining egg to incubate undisturbed. When Garuda was ready, he broke open the egg on his own and came out into the world. Just as promised by the Valakilya sages, he was an extraordinarily powerful bird. He was a fierce-looking bird, strong and unbelievably large. And Vinata finally got the son she waited for so long. It's time for Nivi's Pod Notes. End notes for the podcast episode, where I discuss more about the story to help provide more context. So, let's continue. The story of Garuda is told in the Astika Parva or episode in the Mahabharata. In the Sambhava Parva, Janamejaya tells the bard Sauti Vaishampayana that he wishes to hear about the birth of men and other worldly beings. Vaishampayana proceeds by narrating the stories of how the inhabitants of the world were created. He says that all forms of life came from the descendants of Daksha's daughters. And remember, Daksha is a Manasaputra of Brahma. The descendants of Daksha's daughters were many and they were all extremely powerful. In the chapter, Vaishampayana lists the names of Daksha's daughters and their descendants. Some of the descendants included great kings, 
learned men and great sages, deities, Gandharvas and Apsaras. And as we heard in the story, Garuda, Aruna and Nagas. Garuda is mentioned in many cultures around the world. He is seen in Hindu, Buddhist and Jain mythologies. Garuda is revered in Indian, Thai, Indonesian, Mongolian and other cultures. Iconographies of Garuda can be found in Vishnu temples and also Buddhist temples in these countries. I find it interesting that because of Garuda's status as an intelligent, brave, strong and semi-divine vehicle of Vishnu, he is usually used in national or military symbols in countries like India, Thailand, Indonesia and even the United States. Like his younger brother, Aruna is also revered and worshipped in Hindu, Buddhist and Jain cultures. Aruna is known as the charioteer of the sun and the name Aruna means red sky we see as the sun rises or when Aruna rides in the chariot into the morning sky with the sun. The beautiful Wat Arun or the Buddhist temple, Temple of Dawn in Thailand was named after Aruna. The temple was built in the 17th century and is known for the beautiful way the early morning light reflects off the temple's surface. The Nagas are said to have a body and tail like that of a snake with a human face and cobra's hood. They can also shapeshift into other forms. They live in the Nagaloka or the Naga world in the underground. Nagas may be considered enemies of Garuda but they are not considered entirely evil. Some of the Naga brothers, the so-called good ones, were not happy with the way the rest of the brothers treated Garuda or the way they used their poison to harm others. Nagas are also revered across many cultures and are worshipped in India, Cambodia, Thailand and other countries. Where I am from, that is the south of India, Nagas are worshipped especially as deities of fertility. This was part one of the story of Garuda and for part two, we will explore the story of how Garuda came to be Vishnu's vehicle, the reason for the enmity between Garuda and the Nagas and other stories. That was today's episode. You can find the resources used for the episode on the blog storiesofindiaretold.com. You can also read the stories on the blog. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and you can find the links on the blog website. The Stories of India Retold podcast is available on most podcast apps and you can find the apps listed in the podcast website. Links to the blog and the podcast websites are listed in the episode description. Comments, likes, subscriptions are always appreciated. I appreciate you listening and hope to see you here again next time. Dhanyavada. Thank you.